Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and uh, welcome once again, or for the first time perhaps, I don't know, I, I haven't been monitoring your activities, uh, but welcome to Really uh, with uh, T- Tom and Dave. And once again, I've lost the coin flip, so I am Dave again. Uh, and Tom, As it should be. The other guy. Tom hello Wheeler. all. Hello uh, Dave. Hello Tom, good to see you. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, and you know, oh, we should also just say we let everyone know that we've uh, we've now started a Patreon account. Ah, uh, yes, because uh, because tell them about this because someone just explained to us that those exist uh, and they and, set it up for us. And it's uh, and it's good that they did because if you want exclusive content, mm-hmm. uh, early ad free episodes, discount codes for upcoming merch, which I want. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see that. Join our Patreon family today. You can. Um, uh, sign up for that. And also don't forget to follow us on Instagram at, yes. at really underscore podcast, underscore official TikTok at really podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to see Dave's beautiful face and my, you know, tired looking face, uh, subscribe on YouTube on the stampede podcast channel, or just hear our dulcet tones anywhere you get your podcast fix. Yes. Does that and, sound sound about yeah, right? I think that covers that's those are the things. Yeah. And also don't forget to yes, yeah, subscribe, uh, hit the like buttons on whatever, whatever, whatever version you're watching. There's some method of letting us know that you like us. Yeah. Jump uh, up and shout out your window. Yeah. Whatever I'm, you need to do. Yeah, because I'm uh, very insecure. I will assume you actively dislike us if you don't actually say that you do like us. It's just yeah, and we we don't want you to we don't want Dave whining uh yeah. about that. So Let's uh, let's make him feel good about this, people. Get out there, like buttons, all that stuff. Um, I'm a, I'm riled up today. Oh, I think friend. I know, I know, because uh, I mean, we guess we should have been expecting it. Um, David Grush warned us, but the uh, the uh, the uh, the program of character assassination has begun. The hit job is on, mm-hmm. and then the uh, and the first out of the gate is are the wonderful people. Over at the uh, at the um, intercept, 
what's the name of the uh what's his name Klippenstein Klippenstein yeah Chris Klippenstein he's going to be famous soon I mean he's getting a lot of love on the the UFO X's and and former Twitters and all that shit I if you have children at home they're going to learn some new words today because I Mm -hmm. just think this is some bullshit that's going on um and uh I'm hot I'm hot today which my hot is like a simmer like a low Mm-hmm. Like a low simmer, but uh, this is, I guess, predictable. It yeah. definitely feels um, like the playbook out of the 1950s or something because they're going after Mr. Grush for what appears to be. I mean, if we, we can recap for people who are not paying uh, super close attention. Yes. Do you want to just run, sure. you know, well, want to run through what what well, the uh, what the article said? Well, it's an article. It's an article in the Intercept, um, and basically, um, the uh, journalists. Uh, what is the Intercept? Ken, is that like Ken a? It's an on, online it's an online news government magazine. In- they do a lot of. They cover a lot of military and science. Okay. And, um, they they became they rose to prominence. I think in uh, with with the Snowden uh, release, they were kind mm. of uh, part of one of the. Uh, outlets that the uh, uh, information from Snowden was, I guess, sent to. Okay, and that they wrote a lot, they wrote a lot of stuff about Snowden. Um, and uh, you know, they're 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 a, they're a good, they really are a good uh, online magazine. Um, but this uh, article is basically it's pretty much pure character assassination. Um, that what he has done is, I guess, he was. Uh, and he admits to this that he was tipped by uh, people at DOD and in the intel community to go look in this area to 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 look around to see if you can find any interactions between David Grush and law enforcement. And this was a way of directing. Uh, and I, I know yesterday on Twitter, I I because I'd heard from uh, Ross Coulthard on on the um, on the uh, Chris Cuomo show, he had said that uh, that. that this seemed to have come from the intel community and it was a violation of hipaa uh which you know is the 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 rules protecting people's medical privacy but it turns out it was a legal foia request uh done um with the uh the sheriff's office um of a time that david grush was suffering from ptsd and uh was abusing alcohol and uh and uh was uh went spent some time in a hospital like only only like a day getting treated for his ptsd and then his ongoing treatment for his ptsd so uh he got hold of this information and has written a lengthy article uh basically i can't I, the only thing i can think of is, is basically just to try and discredit his testimony to congress um and the, just to give some a uh, little bit more background, David Grush is a, a decorated war veteran from Afghanistan. He was uh, quite clear in his first interview with Ross Coulthard that he had suffered depression after returning back from Afghanistan, as so many veterans uh, do, did, ha- and have. And he also, you know, uh, there was a friend of his that committed suicide. He admitted that he had really struggled with depression, and um, and so this this you know article, which was very very clear in its bias, the, even the headline I think was like, "Grush 
maintain security clearance despite X, Y, Z. It was sort yeah. of like yeah. it was yeah. already criticizing that the the whole clearance point of this is that psychiatric detention. Psychiatric yeah. detention. Yes. Uh, As yes. though he was just raving, running down the street, and and here's like I, I find this so, um, I find it so fucked up on so many levels. Partly, you know, on like the most innocent version of this is just sort of poor journalism, just somebody wanting to jump in, not trying at all to present both sides, just trying to go after the guy's credibility. Gee, I wonder why not talking about who vouched for him, the senators, the congressmen, the hearings, the laws that are being passed, the, you know, from, you know, uh, Chuck Schumer to none of that. It doesn't address any of that. It just is sort of pulling out this old playbook from, I mean, fucking Roswell. I mean, it's old. It's just like, oh, he's a drunk. He's a drunk. And he, uh, and this idea that he's insane and can't be trusted because he has PTSD and speaking as the son of a veteran who I think struggled more quietly with PTSD, but was a World War II veteran and a Korean War veteran and, you know, struggled with addiction. I just think the idea that you can somehow lampoon and denigrate someone's credibility, that they're dishonest if they struggle with these kinds of issues or that because I, you know, check me if I'm wrong in the kind of psychological profile or psychiatric uh, database. It doesn't say that one of the symptoms of PTSD is that you go to Congress and under oath perjure yourself. It's so unrelated. It's mm-hmm. so cheap. And it's just like the, it's just, and, and it is uh, for anyone, you know, suffering from this kind of stuff, heroes coming home. I mean, it's, I find it, really just cheap and pathetic journalism to use that brush to kind of paint this guy's, you know, testimony, like nothing about his testimony, nothing about like, oh, his superior say he's a fucking liar that he makes shit up. Like, no, that, okay, then maybe I'll start paying attention. But this idea that he had some horrible night, you know, that scared his wife because he was, you know, having an episode like is uh is you know it's creepy and fucked up that they go after him that way and it's and it says to people not just in the military but it says to basically anyone in the public anyone in the world um if you're suffering from um uh, for any form of mental illness any form of you know depression uh or substance abuse you better keep it secret because some yeah, somewhere right? down the road somewhere like you know someone like ken uh, klippenstein will come along and use it against you um yeah, yeah you you're know, unreliable and, you're yeah, unreliable. You're probably a liar. You are insane. You can't be trusted. You shouldn't have security clearance if you struggle with this kind of. It's just it, yeah. And and on and on the um, I was watch the uh the um the breaking points uh interview today with uh um with uh, Crystal and and Sager. They um and on that he just kept saying he seemed to be really irritated uh Klebenstein. By the fact that people kept calling him a decorated war veteran. That seemed to really upset him for some reason. And just the fact that yeah. he kept hearing this over and over again, decorated war veteran, set him off. And he decided, well, let's just see, you know, what's what else is there we should know about him. And again, as though um, uh, as though ha- having a diagnosis of PTSD somehow cancels out decorated war veteran. Um, yeah, he was really going after just calling him a drunk 
you know, yeah. to, he was doing that to to try to offset the fury he'd incited by referencing or like the depression or the fact that this guy had been yeah. open and honest about his struggles coming home from fucking Afghanistan. Yeah. And, and, um, and for the record, yes, he has a diagnosis of PTSD and depression. Um, yeah. And so when when uh, the journalist starts leaning into the fact, oh, I was really more concerned about the alcoholism. And it's going, well, how do you know he's an alcoholic? Well, his his ex-wife said he was. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going, well, this, this, is she a, a medical professional? Mm -hmm. uh, because you, that's just, you know, that's just hearsay unless he has a diagnosis of alcoholism. And there's nothing in the uh, foyer, uh, uh, the, the foyer information that he got that says he's an alcoholic. So maybe he is, which also, by the way, is is also a disease. And one that he he may may have if he did have may have been treating it and uh, been dealing with it, uh, and again still doesn't has absolutely fucking lutely nothing to do with his testimony, and yeah. and it and it the the article is bereft of any evidence that mm -hmm. and now and the, in and fairness the, in fairness Grush may end up being a a complete misdirect. Who knows? Uh, we have not seen the garages filled with UFOs yet. I yeah. Completely admit, like I admit that. I don't know if this guy is secretly, um, you know, uh, harboring demons that God knows what. And I guess that's what this is trying to imply. It's just trying to imply he's he is um, not to be trusted. And it's mm -hmm. also, even though it's ineffective, in, in in its efforts, it's just sort of it's written in a way which is just it's its agenda and motives are so obvious. It well, does it does say to anybody else thinking about coming forward, it does say to them like, think you better not right. have one fucking thing out there. You know, you don't better not have one little anything tiny blip. Yeah, because we'll find it and we'll explain expose you and i think this is a a warning shot to other potential whistleblowers of what they're going to try to put this guy through oh it definitely is and the other thing is you know and the article i mean and uh, the the author of the article uh states very clearly that he has uh he has some antipathy to the whole ufo story he just doesn't believe it coming from anybody so he has a he does have uh i guess a vested interest in in shooting down any witness that says uh, something real is happening uh, because he doesn't believe it. So therefore, because he doesn't believe it, um, these people should be attacked and destroyed for coming out with evidence. And, um, you know, and, and the other thing about the article, the article, nothing about the article is really about his clearances, even though that's the headline. Uh, the article isn't about his clearances. The article is, the bulk of it is about debunking his testimony. You know, it's like, you know, bringing in people like Susan Goh and, and people calling the congressional hearing embarrassing and, you know, people saying that, you know, basically, just basically just saying flat out UFOs don't exist. So this is all crazy. So you should ignore anything, any of these people and what they're saying. So it's so the article itself, the bulk of the article is not about his his security clearance. And the other thing is he also, uh, you know, even in this article, he says, uh, you know, security clearances of the sort Grush has held are subject to strict requirements, including uh, regarding psychological episodes and substance issues. Grush has used his high-level clearance to shore up his credibility in telling the committee, I was clear to literally all relevant compartments and in a position of extreme trust in both my military and civilian capacities. 
So even in this article, he admits, yes, that's the nature of the clearances. And even though he had these incidents uh, and he's ha suffered from PTSD, uh, the government still saw fit to maintain his clearances. You know, even though all of this is on his record, none of it was hidden. He didn't deny any of it, uh, but they maintained his clearances. And uh, and but but uh, the author seems to imply that because other people didn't get clearances, that makes his clearance suspect somehow. Mm -hmm. That well, why does he have this clearance even though he had these incidents when other people didn't get clearances? Uh, and which is a pretty thin and really stupid argument that uh, we should we should be suspicious of the fact that he maintained his clearance because other people didn't get the same clearances he had not that he earned those clearances through service oh yeah it's just inherently critical of his superiors for keeping this crazy man uh in his job and that obviously they were protecting him and and he's secretly a lunatic which is what they've said about certain whistleblowers and people that have come forward for almost, you know, 70 years uh, as part of this, you know, ongoing story, uh, mm -hmm. while at the same time, the government and the CIA and all the, you know, the intelligence community double deals and tells the public one thing and does something else uh, behind the scenes that shows they actually take it very seriously, this issue. So this is, this is kind of an old playbook. Um, and I think it was interesting, there was this back and forth kind of dialogue because this guy you're right he's he's very out there and he's very he's very trolling of like ufo twitter like trying to kind of rile them up i mean it's he it was uh he was in seemed to be enjoying the back and forth and um not winning himself many friends and not not really presenting himself as even a kind of even-handed journalist sort of like you know yeah. he, he was just like fuck you guys you know nerds i mean i think he said something about like a bunch of you you know triggering ufo nerds or whatever um, mm -hmm. Well, mission accomplished. Uh, so he also was denying that he was given the story, as you had said at the top, like you, were, you know, he was he was saying like, no, this was part of a Freedom of Information Act request. Uh, I kind of knew the area where the cops were. And that story started to kind of break down under scrutiny. And then he pretty much just sort of self, you know, kind of admitted his own guilt. You know, he uh, um, kind of, you know, uh, confessed to the fact that he was, in fact, um, tipped off by the intelligence community. And I think we have this clip of uh, he was in an X space, Twitter space. I don't know what the, we call yeah. these things these days, but um, the platform, let's form, just, the platform known, formerly known as Prince. Yeah, exactly. So this is this is what he said uh, when confronted with um, the sort of inconsistencies. You know, I just said during the hearing, I had, I had a tweet that said, um, "If you have good or bad stuff about him, like whatever, I, I didn't want to bias it. Like, and that's why I put out requests for tips because if you only rely on people that you know, then there's probably a selection bias of like who are the types of people that you're going to be friends with. So I just put out a call for tips." And actually got a lot of people that reached out with kind of tidbits, little piece of information, you know, thought, and, and it was mostly negative, to be honest with you. And, and to be totally, to be totally straight, if there was positive stuff, I would put that in there too. There just sure. wasn't really. Mm -hmm. And but it's so mostly negative. the way the story turned out, everyone's like, oh, he's really looking for a hit piece. Again, being completely straight with you, I don't believe the UFO stuff. I, I, I don't have any 
insight into whether he believes it or not. Like, I, I assume he believes what he's saying. Uh, I, I'm not someone that thinks everyone is, you know, grifted. And there's this word grifter has become so yeah, loosely I used. I don't use that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, people tend to, well, so, so using it now. Was that, that tweet at the root of what, what sparked you to go to that specific sheriff station? No. Um, I knew people in the area. And so it was like I was getting bits and pieces from different people about stuff that they were saying. And so they were kind of like, look into his. They gave me, you know how people, the Intel people, they're vague. They'll give you, they'll be like, mm. be like, look into his background. And they were kind of yeah. hinting that it's like, you know, um, trying to think about how to say this in a way that's well, like uh, rigorous. Doesn't make you look like, like an uh, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said Intel Multiple people. people told me Multiple people. to um, just look at any. Um, run-ins with law enforcement that they had that he had in the past, and it was vague. I think there's this impression that it's like, oh my god, someone planted this and they gave him the direct. It doesn't. It doesn't. If it works, I mean, I understand why oh, people okay. think that because a lot of media is planted stories. I don't blame people. Oh, for thinking can we, that. Can a lot of when you open the New York for Times, most uh, of those stories the White House put in there or a committee. Um, that it wasn't planted. That it was vague. I'm sorry. People in Intel and DOD telling him, look for his run-ins with the law. I'm like, just a patsy. Yeah, there's yeah. no, I'm, you know, so that's just, that's just fake. I was, I really found the story. It wasn't like they yeah. handed me the story. It wasn't a planted story. They just told me, look for his run-ins with the law. Okay, yes. so unless, unless he's a career criminal, uh, you're probably going to come up with very specific answers to those questions and these this, specific yeah. answers they intended you to get. So, yeah, you are, yeah. Yet you were handed the story. It was given to you. It was a plant uh, claiming that, no, I did really great research. I've, you know, I managed to find out that this decorated war hero had a couple of incidents with the police, not criminal incidents, not incidents where he caused any trouble in public or, or harmed anyone. No incidents where he, where it was thought he might be a threat to his own safety mm -hmm. because of yeah. his depression and PTSD. So that's so those are the incidents that he found because those are the only his only run-ins with the law are these incidents. And the people who gave him that direction to go look for it knew exactly what he would find. So him claiming that oh I just did great journalism is just such bullshit. Well it's just there was an initial like oh I knew the area and then there were these spies that told me what to look into with his, uh, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, well, which is it, um, my friend? And yeah. he, his agenda was, and I'm sure he succeeded to a degree, was to just humiliate this guy, mm -hmm. um, try to make him feel shame for these incredibly dark moments in his life, dredge them out and wave them around to try to impugn his credibility and make him look like a lunatic because he has gone out on an incredible limb, as we all know, and said uh, what he believes is the truth about and what um, all current evidence and government activity suggests is true and that there is fire where all of this smoke is pouring out yeah. to the fact that we have craft and that we might potentially have bodies and that there is something going on out there that uh, we need to pay attention to. And instead, it's just this like yeah. silly, silly CIA bullshit just leading this guy to, uh, you know, to and exactly what they wanted, yes. you know, and if, do and exactly only, what they want. 
if and if only if uh you know the intercept had been been, been faster they could have prevented uh grush from tricking uh people like uh, chuck schumer and uh kirsten gillibrand into writing laws mm-hmm. based on his whistleblower complaint um that was by the way corroborated by actual by other witnesses to the uh inspector general the uh the, uh, in, uh, the intelligence community's inspector general didn't just hear from grush he heard from corroborating witnesses with firsthand accounts uh under oath um multiple uh corroborating witnesses and according forward. to senators according to rubio m- many Many people have come forward with Grush's story with high clearances, high level security Mm -hmm. clearances, very credible people still in the government by his own words, people that are afraid to come forward for their careers, for their reputations and for their fears, for their own physical safety. And so here we see uh, what could be the first step of a, a kind of organized effort, which I assume is also has to be illegal to intimidate you know, whistleblowers. I mean, isn't this what the fucking law is there to protect people from insiders in the government coming out and sort of trying to hatch a job? Whoever in the DOD and the Intel community, whoever DOD and Intel people that he was talking to were committing a crime. They were violating the whistleblower protection act. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're they're trying to trash this guy. Yeah. And of course, uh, I like, I love this, that, uh, he, uh, he quotes the the one person. He only quotes two people. You know, the only real quote he has is from an, um, the spokesperson, the spokesperson press secretary well, for the yeah, Department of Defense, or someone who uh, so reliable who, uh, has kept had their name <laughs> withheld for fear of professional reprisals. Oh dear. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. So that person. Indeed. That's ironic, isn't it? Yeah, they're what, afraid. <laughs> what kind of professional uh, reprisals are you fearing? Perhaps mm-hmm. a journalist writing a smear piece against you. Uh, or perhaps some, some cheesy some shit, man. Life being, yeah, some detail of your life being ex- exploited against you. Um, so it's very yeah, ironic that this journalist protects uh, the identity of this person who has this fear of re- the reprisals that uh, Klippenstein is uh, eff- eff- effectuating. And as, as I said, I think the um, the sort of least harmful version of this is shoddy journalism and people just taking some pot shots or somebody trying to get on the other side of a story where it seems like up to this point, Grush has been fairly bulletproof. You know, he has, you know, he's been forthright. He's been honest. He has, you know, he's given the testimony he's given. He's been under oath. He's had people vouch for him who are still in government with high level clearances who believe uh, fundamentally Gary Nolan, uh, the Stanford uh, PhD in academic has, has, uh, has said publicly and, uh, you know, um, and also privately that, you know, vouching for this guy's reputation. Um, so I, I, I think he, there, there, so there is potentially just that, like, all right, I want to be the guy on the other side and get some attention for myself, mm-hmm. which this guy has. There is a more sinister, much more sinister version of this where, I don't know, you know, you, you, you put stories out there. There's the, there's the mid-range version where you're, you are trying to scare off other whistleblowers. This is a coordinated effort, uh, kind of a psyop to to shame Grush, change the conversation, destroy his reputation and credibility and scare off other whistleblowers. Um, and then there's a super even darker phase, which is, well, you know, you tell everybody a guy is suicidal and has made threats of suicide and, 
you know, if anything happened to him, that would be terrible. But of course, there would be a record of uh, these events in his life. And that could sort of explain things. And I just I find all of them uh, yeah. creepy and disturbing. But I, I and there is I a history think... of mysterious suicides in the UFO um, lore and, you know, the history of UFO uh, of people coming forward and talking about UFOs. There have been mysterious suicides yeah in the past. i hope congress gives this guy some security you know some re like real security because i i i think he should be uh i think it's reason for concern i mean if, if spot you know if the cia or whoever in intelligence because this guy you know admitted it are doing that work why what would possibly be the motive because it doesn't correlate at all to his testimony. It doesn't, there is zero evidence of that his testimony is false or provably false, or that he has any record of dishonesty or any record of making shit up. So all there, so what, why would they come forward to just say, oh yeah, yeah, check this out. You know, I mean, that's yeah. creepy as shit. Cause it's even, just, yeah, cause you know, so he got some people, so apparently he got mostly negative pe responses on Twitter, which is a rarity, negative, uh, negative statements on Twitter. Um, but I guess that cancels out like the really high ranking officials who were quoted in the debrief article, uh, praising him and calling him a first rate soldier, first rate person, you know, and, and saying that his statements are true. So all of that gets canceled because this guy did a Twitter uh, request. And again, mm -hmm. even in even in that, that comment, he says, uh, mostly I got negative, you know, and then he goes on to say, I mean, if I got any positives, I would have printed those, too. But you just said mostly negative. So you've just stated that there were some positive comments that you did not choose to, to post. Um, so it's like even within his own within a sent, he can't get through a sentence without contradicting yeah, himself. Yeah. I mean, look, he's not, um, you know, Edward R. Murrow. We're not dealing with, you know, Cy Hirsch or some, you know, serious, you yeah. know, th this guy is just sort of a guy like shoveling the shit to, you know, out into the public that um, that the intelligence community wants people to hear. And that yeah. is what's, you know, <clears throat> it's that's what's uh, disturbing about it. I mean, he he admitted that it was the intelligence community and. The, it, it, I mean, it could have been anyone, right? It could have been someone who heard something or worked with it. It was spies that came up with this stuff. And that's what I find so disturbing about it. You know, mm -hmm. like what, what, what is that? Why, why is that agenda? What is that agenda? Yeah. Um, and, and I, and it, I, th I think the journalist himself, I think he honestly is just someone who doesn't want to believe this is happening and that it's real. Mm -hmm. um, so he's predisposed to be, uh, I guess what they, what, you know, the term we we learned uh, during the 2016 election, a use a useful idiot. Mm -hmm. So he's a useful idiot for the people within Intel and DOD who want to discredit um, Grush because it fits in with his belief that that UFOs can't be real, even though really at this point the bulk of the evidence. The you know the weight of the weight of all the evidence is UFOs are real. Yeah, I mean and, we're we're past this. And the government was past it in uh, 50, 60 years ago. They they had already basically ad, uh, admitted and accepted it, but they didn't want the public to know. They didn't want the public to know. 
And mm-hmm. there is just evidence after evidence of the fact that this this is true. And and this guy just has to learn, like, you know, you don't write stories where you're just shaming mental health issues. You know, it's like, get, well, get harm, a, get a real story. The general public, the harm it does to the general public to make people ashamed of their mental so health ins- issues. And so insulting to veterans, like the yeah. fucking, I mean, so many, I mean, I'm, I don't know the exact numbers, except that they're extremely high of people that come home with post-traumatic stress. And why, why shouldn't they? They're doing the hardest job in the world, you know, protecting this idiot's freedom. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's just a cheap shot and it has nothing to do with the credibility of his testimony. Like it has nothing to do with the story that he told. And he may end up being someone who is not a reliable storyteller. We won't know until the garage doors are open, the warehouses are found, mm-hmm. and we will be able to confirm such matters. And I agree that is still the, the you know, we all still want to see that. Um, mm-hmm. But it feels like this is a uh, real old playbook and makes me think of something we've talked about a lot. We've talked about it with Leslie. Um, we talked about it uh, with Jeremy. We talked about it with Paul Hynek. We talked about this thing called the Robertson panel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and this was a, uh, this was put together in 1953. It was a committee of scientists who were um, part of a group that was organized post sightings in Washington, D.C., where there was hysteria for several days because uh, radar and eyewitness uh, reports were showing (laughs) active UAP, UFO activity happening all around the government of Washington, D.C., all around the White House, all around the Congress. This they uh, sent jets out. These jets, you know, circled, they chased, they, you know, pilots saw them with their own eyes. They were surrounded by them, (laughs) surrounded by them. There was a historic press conference about these sightings. So this is this where, you know, generals and Air Force generals were brought out. So we're looking, you know, we're, we're dealing with it. We don't know what it is. This is obviously the height of the Red Scare. So there's a lot of moving parts to what was an actual event. There was an actual sort of UFO swarm around the, the Capitol the, and the White the House. Capitol and the White House. Jets were sent to uh, deal with them. And very similarly to like the Tic Tac, they were outmaneuvered. They could not compete with these, you know, with these objects. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And after that, um, there was a lot of internal CIA activity. Um, and one of the things that that there are sort of re- re- reports of and um, was was basically how do we calm this issue down? How do we debunk? How do we get this to go away? Yeah. Um, yeah, do you want to speak to that a little bit? It was just the notion that, well, we we can't do anything about the UFOs. Um, so what we have to do is do something about the UFO reporting. Um, because there was nothing, you know, they were basically accepting, accepting the fact that these UFOs keep showing up. There's nothing they could do about it. Um, but so they saw the problem as being, uh, the public overwhelming the civilian reporting mechanisms, uh, that, that they, you know, that are, that were rightly, you would, you could say were necessary for, uh, uh, being ready to respond to any kind of a Soviet attack. Mm-hmm. During the- um, so their goal was, well, let's get people to stop, uh, talking about UFOs. Let's get people, let's create an environment um, through, through uh, you know, and they basically wrote it up in their memos through debunking, mm-hmm. uh, through, uh, you know, scientific, scientific, you know, explanations, um, you know, alt- you know, explaining away as many of these sightings as possible. Um, and through uh, basically through character assassination uh, so and discrediting. There, there's this formalized memorandum to the director of central intelligence, this guy, General Walter Bettel Smith on September 11, 1952. It says, it states as part of this memorandum, um, on the basis of these programs of research, CIA develop and recommend for adoption by the National Security Council, a policy of public information, which will minimize the risk of panic, uh, which was, of course, a nice way of saying debunk, um, make fun of, diminish, <laughs> just make them stop talking about it and, um, and do what we can to do, keep, you know, keep the public from, from talking about this while we study the shit out of it. Yeah. And they also decided they needed to shape the story in news media and also, uh, basically feed stories and ideas to the entertainment industry. Uh, and so there's a, a long history of, of, for some reason, um, sort of shadowy government officials reaching out to uh, producers of television and movies uh, going from that period forward and sort of uh, helping to shape the narrative about uh, UFOs and extraterrestrials. Um, and, and I think and it, worked. A... <laughs> and it worked. Yeah, yeah. Because there wasn't really a huge stigma about talking about UFOs until after the Robertson panel. I mean, there were like Look Magazine did a huge article basically uh, with the headline, UFOs are real. Uh, I think Time Magazine did a big piece on UFOs. A lot of big stories were being done about uh, about UFOs at the time. There was a lot of discussion uh, in these memorandum with about how Russia might view all this, and I think that there was obviously this uh, concern that the U.S. government doesn't want to in any way appear powerless, afraid, people panicking about anything. I think this was all about posture and and 
making sure you got to, you know, appear muscular and unthreatened by, uh, you know, if something's running around in your skies and you don't have any answers for it and your military is running around, that would something that would be taken advantage of um, in the, you know, in the, in the game, the political game back and forth during the Cold War. So this was probably one motivation for trying to tamp it down. But it's it mm-hmm. it is important to note that this is still happening today. This is still ongoing. This thread back from 1952 to 2023 is still the same shit we see in this like intercept article you know it and and it and it has it is the child of the father of this cia memorandum and this panel which also was uh part of jay allen hynek's portfolio as the head of project blue book and hynek Hynek was on the robertson committee as well and uh and i think in uh, the robertson panel yeah yeah the robertson panel and um and i know there's the I got there's a great documentary. There's an old like 1970s documentary about UFOs with Rod Stewart hosting it. Um, not Rod Stewart, Rod Serling. Rod Stewart. I want to see that one. Yeah, Rod Serling. Rod Stewart's <laughs> one is much sexier. Um, yeah. uh, but the Rod Serling one, um, uh, which you got to, I don't know if you've seen it, but you got to see everyone should see it. I forget what it's, forget what it's called now, but you can, you can I'll find it, it on YouTube. Um, look it up on YouTube. What do we have to do everything yeah, for you people out there? Jay Allen Hines basically talks about working hard here. Yeah, he talks about that being on that panel and basically, you know, that you know that there was just no serious consideration of, you know, what yeah. do we do about UFOs? It was all just, you know, how do we stop people from thinking about it? You know, and I and, think his his son Paul told us about, the, you know, as w- was talking about that that they were essentially just sent in to just steamroll this fucker just just roll over it flatten it you know mm-hmm. make it go away and yeah. and as project blue book was meant to calm yeah. just calm everybody everybody's just calm because nobody can be trusted with this information just just daddy and government yeah and uh and then subsequently jay allen Hynek goes to do his own investigations leaves government and becomes a really an activist for experiencers yeah. and people that have you know seen things and just really wanted to get to the bottom of it because he was convinced something was definitely positively completely going on and yes. that the government based, was not addressing it yes based on evidence he was uh, able to examine firsthand and uh witnesses he was able to talk to and you know so he was like you know he had access to information that no one else had at the time being in blue book and being mm-hmm. having being at his job to debunk everything and real and knowing that his own debunkings weren't true um as mm-hmm. as time went on and realizing he had to some he had to start speaking up and undo the damage he had done um there there's this interesting thing that i was that i was reading and um and i'm looking at here alongside while they're putting together the robertson panel while they're organizing this thing to essentially tell everyone that this stuff is nuts the cia uh in an august 15th memo was talking about sightings of ufos reported at los alamos and oak ridge at a time when the background radiation could count had risen inexplicably here we run out of even blue yonder explanations that might be tenable and we still are left with numbers of incredible reports from credible observers and it can it went on to note uh this was a cia assistant director chadwell recent reports reaching the cia indicated that further action was needed um 
essentially to investigate what what the hell was going on so that this with from from one end they're saying nothing's going on stop it's not real go away on the end they're saying holy shit all these people are seeing stuff around our most important military bases and we have no we've exhausted the possible uh reasons for it so we really have to figure out what this is that's like yeah oh the more they were dismissing it publicly the more deeply they were investigating it secretly so right. So 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 but Grush is crazy. Grush is the crazy one yeah. because well, he had some depression issues, but none of this none of yeah. this happened. Well, even in, in this article, it's just sloppy writing that he he, he doesn't even get his fact like in the in the article he says uh, that you know, even Grush said he hadn't he hadn't seen uh, recovered alien vehicles or bodies. Uh, but then he goes, Well, two former fighter pilots alleged unidentified aerial phenomena. Neither of them said anything about their provenance. Grush was alone among the witnesses in attributing them to extraterrestrials, which is wrong on two all two uh, levels. all levels. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the first one is um, uh, David Fravor very, very clearly stated that he didn't believe that the United States or any other country that we know of had the material science to build the craft that he chased in 2004 off of uh, Catalina. Uh, you know, the Tic Tac incident. You know, David Grush, in his sworn testimony, said uh, that we, you know, that in his opinion, no one, no nation had the material science capabilities to build these things. Uh, You know, and he said in the pub, he said in the public record before that he believes these things are not from this world. Uh, So he he went on the record about the provenance of these craft. He didn't say he knew where they were from. That's correct. He didn't call them uh, extraterrestrial, and nor did uh, David Grush. He David and Grush. Why very, would they? How? David Grush has been very specific and pointed about about never using the term extraterrestrial. Right. He is. He does not use the term extraterrestrial. He uses the term non-human intelligence. Yeah, and uh, organics was thrown out there too, which was yeah. which. <laughs> yeah, which a little disturbed. So, because David Grush has, has repeatedly said he doesn't know where they're from, mm-hmm. uh, and he and he doesn't have a theory about where they're from. You know, he just knows what they what they can do, and that we have them. You know, and I think that's a very purposeful thing from so many of these uh, investigators and journalists. Leslie Kane doesn't go out of her way to to assume or surmise what they are. Anyone who does is. Put making putting a target on their back. Of course, you're just people are just trying to say there is something there we need to look at. Yeah, there is something in the skies. These pilots are the best observers we have. Please look at what's going on, and uh, and someone investigate it and someone look into it. And and the, uh, clearly, clearly, the highest levels of government believe this is worth looking into because they are yes. passing laws and spending money to do so. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and, I think and, importantly so. And passing laws that will put people in prison if they violate them. You know, the laws that the law, like the laws, both that uh, that came out of uh, Gillibrand's, um, you know, intelligence committee uh, and that and Chuck Schumer's. Uh, Sh- Schumer's draft. thing has just got <laughs> language that's just fucking amazing. Yeah. It's eminent yeah, he, domain over not, you know, over craft that is craft, it, craft and beings and yeah. <laughs> information. And, and I think it's something like 24 times Schumer's uh, draft uh, legislation uses the term non-human intelligence. Mm, you know, yeah. This is uh, not your average agriculture bill passing through uh, no. 
and yeah. and they are writing these based on the fact that they are seeing more information than we in the public are. They have access to information that makes them take this very seriously. Uh, and so the, again, it's this ridiculous notion that like that people like this journalist, uh, in the intercept are putting forward that the, that these people have somehow been misled and that Congress has been made a fool of by having this hearing. The very fact that, that the information that we don't have, as I said, I think I talked before, it said, you know, basically what we're seeing is like a negative impression of the information they have. We're seeing, right. We're seeing the footprint. They've seen the foot. Mm -hmm. So their actions are based on seeing the foot. And we can interpret what, what they've seen basically by looking at the footprint that they leave with their legislation and their actions. And even the fact that you had, that you had uh, you know, AOC and Tim Burchette treating each other with civility on the same panel. You know, Jamie Raskin and Matt Gates, you know, behaving you know, with civility and decorum and professionalism on, on a, uh, on a committee, on a panel. Uh, we haven't seen that in a long, long time. Well, I, and also, I mean, AOC, obviously she's a real, you know, um, vector for attention and, and, you know, good, good and bad, but had a interesting kind of, she gave a sort of monologue, um, afterward on, I guess her, uh, ex Twitter on whatever, where she was not, she didn't know what to believe. She was leaving it open to believe it, but she really dug into and sunk her teeth into this, the government corruption and the idea of how unfathomable the amounts of money that are going untraced, that the Department of Defense would never pass an audit, that it does not surprise her in the least that money could be disappearing towards secret access programs like this that they would not know about. And she was citing very specific examples of, of tens of millions of dollars that were going unaccounted for for various things. So she was like, this is, this is the area that I, she finds most compelling. It, it's an arena of corruption that she wants to look into. And so I think it's all about various lawmakers, whatever their level of belief, uh, just applying some crowbars to this weird mm -hmm. military private contractor nexus that seems to be at the sort of yeah. heart, the vault that everyone's trying to break into. And I think up until now, you haven't seen such a kind of aggressive public uh, attempt by lawmakers who I find it very easy to believe have been left in the dark on this, you know, and, mm -hmm. that, and that the need to know folks are enjoy that status and they enjoy that power and they enjoy that access. So now you just can feel this, this back and forth and this sort of trying to wedge the door open. And you have guys like Grush who it appears very courageously are they're taking the first bullets. Um, well, a huge component this... of his, of his complaint isn't, is, is not specifically about UFOs. It's about misappropriation of funds, criminal activity to misappropriate funds, criminal activity to subvert congressional oversight. Uh, he's, you know, he's whistleblowing on, on criminal activity within the military uh, to keep, uh, to uh, unlawfully redirect funds to secret programs and, uh, you know, and that's, uh, and to unlawfully avoid congressional oversight. 
So and so yeah. So there's uh, this is a hell of a thing for the a grifter to to want to try to do. I mean the the yeah. danger, the potential danger, not even potential, the danger he's putting himself in mm -hmm. is uh, remarkable. If you take and just consider who he might be attempting to expose the um <laughs> yeah this is this is this is pretty like dark shadowy stuff and um and so, you can imagine some pretty pissed off people who whether or not like they take their ufo away they could be exposed for uh, unlawful uh, activity they could be on the yeah. hook for god knows what yeah and you'd think as a journalist you would take that you would think oh well if uh colleagues uh who choose to remain anonymous are coming out and uh, speaking ill of him. Um, you'd have to wonder, well, I wonder if any of them are implicated in any of the crimes that he's uh, exposing, you know, or are they, or, or are they people involved in these programs who are true believers that they should be kept secret and that the public doesn't have a right to know. Oh, and, man. you know, so, so, but this, but he, um, he seems to uh, bring no sort of uh, skepticism to the, the people no, his, the people who say what he wants to hear. He's very clear about his bias. He's in now in interviews been very clear about his bias that he doesn't believe in this. He's also very clear. His agenda is very clear in the article itself. The article is a hit job on a decorated war veteran. And he is attempting to shame this person through his battles with uh, PTSD and addiction. Um, Maybe mm -hmm. potentially addiction. At least these episodes were very dark days in this guy's life. The last one was five years ago. And somehow we are supposed to correlate these, uh, you know, embarrassing, upsetting episodes in this guy's life that uh, and, you know, everyone has awful days in their life and no one wants them dragged out for everyone to parade around and yeah. judge. Um, but he wants us to correlate that with the and and somehow impugn his testimony under oath to Congress uh, about this other issue. And somehow yeah. that yeah. old timey shaming is hopefully not going to work in this day and age. I hope not. And, and the notion that, yeah, that, that the PTSD, um, if, because we got to figure if, if PTSD makes people uh, incapable of discerning reality, truth from, from, from fiction and incapable of telling the truth or makes them morally suspect, uh, to the point where they would uh, perjure themselves in front of Congress, uh, then we should really, uh, uh, you know, we, we have to look at pretty much everyone who has ever gone into battle with suspicion. Oh, yeah. um, yes. And, and you know, and, and for myself, from as someone who has uh, lifelong dealt with depression, um, the notion that, that this makes you suspect is... Uh, you know, and the fact that we, there's been such a struggle over like the last 20 years to bring mental illness like out of the closet, to make it not shameful, you know, um, to make it be something that you, you know, you, you have to, uh, you can't seek help for because if you do, you might lose your job. Right. Um, all of this, all of that, the effort to improve the public's attitude, uh, to improve employers' attitude, to, to create protections for people. Who have suffered from mental illness, um, all of that is damaged by this uh, this hit piece, this bit of uh, character assassination. So he's setting out to undermine a story he doesn't like, 
mm-hmm. and he's willing to do it at the cost of everyone in the world who suffers from mental illness. Well, sure, because it's so unrelated. I mean, I think what's interesting is that it, because it's so uh, irrelevant to the actual topic at hand, right? Like it's so yeah. irrelevant. It's only there to embarrass the guy. Like it doesn't, there's no, there's no proof. It's not like you read it and go, oh my God, he made up yeah. his testimony. No, there's simply zero evidence of that. It is a warning shot to other whistleblowers that we will comb through anything, any local police, any traffic ticket, anything you've yeah. ever done will be brought out and you will be humiliated at the very least embarrassed. Potentially, you know, you will experience more. And so it feels like it's going around this whistleblower law and it feels like someone definitely needs to do something to yeah. discourage this kind of bullshit. And um, because it it if it if it works, they'll keep doing it. Right. I mean, we're talking about this this yo-yo and we're not talking about the grush testimony or the details of it. So it's a good it's a distraction. Mm-hmm. It is. um and uh, so I think hopefully, I mean, it did seem like the people on the committee, Burchette, uh, was they were getting riled up about it and and loud about it. So I, hopefully that's progress. Um, and it's a really interesting story. It's a very, you know, I'm very interested to see where this goes, where Grush's testimony, the story of this guy and what he must be kind of going through. Um yeah. through this must be extraordinary. It must be extraordinary. I know. And I was also thinking I was going to throw in the other thing. It's nice that he also managed to throw in a little bit of post-mortem character assassination of Jesse Marcel, uh, the Roswell, the investigator of the yeah. Roswell incident. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was like... You know, who, uh, you know, he says. He's well, going weather balloon. He's going to go full yeah. weather balloon. Yeah. He's, you know, yeah. We're, we're Jesse Marcel, a military intelligence officer and like Grush, an Air Force major at the time. Uh, said uh, debris was extraterrestrial in nature, but it later became clear it was actually the remains of a weather balloon. Oh, I didn't realize they solved the mystery of Roswell. I'm glad we've got uh, yeah. Chris Klippenstein to, to to tell us what really happened at Roswell. That's great. It was a weather balloon, yeah. Dave. And and here's the thing: you got to to believe that. Much like the way, if you want to believe his discrediting of Grush, you have to believe uh, some pretty crazy stuff about Jesse Marcel, who uh, it was in 19. Uh, uh, 59, he was part of the Bikini uh, nuclear bomb tests. He was one of the people who administered uh, at Bikini Atoll the uh, uh, Operation Crossroads, where they, uh, which were the only bombs dropped after the war ended. Um, so he was involved with that, got a promotion, was then uh, based at Roswell Air Base, which was the home of the only nuclear weapons in the world, where he was made head of security for uh oh, oh okay for the, so yeah for the only nuclear yeah. weapons on the planet at the time got and it so he went out and when the uh, the reports came in that something had crashed and he returned to the base after going out and and there's 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 footage of him talking about it later in life where he just flat out says this was extraterrestrial this was not human this was not this was not a weather balloon uh, so he went out came back reported that they found material from a crashed disc and then uh, and that was released to the news and to the local yeah. radio station. And then uh, and then the story was then trotted out that this was a weather balloon. So so you have to believe the guy who uh, uh, was smart enough and trusted enough and uh, highly ranked enough that he, he, he admitted he was involved with dropping nuclear bombs 
in on in Bikini Atoll. And then someone he, thought he, he was reliable, I yeah. guess. Well, General Ramey wrote him a letter of commendation. So after uh, working on the uh, the uh, nuclear bomb tests at Bikini Atoll, he he gets the job of head of security in Roswell. And there's kind of been a lot of work done over the last, you know, uh, 70 years to kind of just depict Roswell as this hick town full of crazy hick people that believe crazy hick things. Right. Um, which ignores the fact that Roswell was the single most important military installation in the world uh, with the most advanced weapons on the planet. Um, so for one thing, it was obviously one of the most heavily surveilled by by, say, Soviet spies mm -hmm. at the time. Um, and so we have to believe that the man in charge of security for this most important military installation in the world could not tell the difference between a crashed flying saucer and a downed weather balloon. Um, downed weather balloons being something that they would see all the time out there because mm -hmm. they, you know, they're used in the military for a number, you know, they're used to, to, to uh, you know, get information. Oh, just, and also just local, uh, uh, you know, uh, meteorologists, you're used to them, you know, to study weather patterns. So they are in fact weather balloons. Um, so they, they come down all the time. So they would have seen them constantly. So this man who is in charge of protecting the the most important military installation on the planet couldn't tell the difference between um, a, a, a crashed exotic flying saucer and um, a prosaic weather balloon. Um, and on top of that, uh, for some reason, uh, and, and it's all on the records, uh, you know, the response to this weather balloon was uh, hundreds of soldiers and dozens of heavy machinery, uh, trucks uh, cordoning off the area, getting all the civilians out of there, gathering up this weather balloon and trucking it off to right. It was a fucking scary weather balloon. That fucking yeah. weather balloon was terrifying. And, and what and, I'm when, and sure the weird thing is that normally the normal weather balloon response is a guy in a pickup truck comes out and picks it up. Yeah, that's it. Nothing to see here, Dave. Nothing yeah. to see here. And I guarantee you that Chris Klippenstein did not research Ken. Jesse. Ken. Ken. Go back. Chris. I don't know. Ken, Chris. I don't know. I'm going back um, up there. But I. Uh, we he, don't want to slag the wrong Klippenstein. Ken. Ken Klippenstein. Yeah. Chris, you're in the clear. Chris. Yeah. Sorry, Ken, Chris. You're the one. Um, yeah. I I find I'm certain that the research did not take him to uh, to that that level of Roswell, which is fascinating, and um, yeah. why this is such an amazing moment. Because I really we we seem to be on the precipice of some truth, and now we're starting to see the forces align against that. So it's just going to be yeah. this is going to be an interesting back and forth. Yeah, and remember there is. Their legislation being written in response to Grush's revelations to to uh, the Congress, the House and the Senate. The laws that are being written are laws that have criminal implications. They have jail time involved if you violate these laws. They're they are they are in response to what they've learned from people like David Grush and other whistleblowers who have not gone public yet. 
is to write laws that if people violate them, if they don't comply with them, with the reporting and the, um, you know, in handing over the materials in the case of uh, Chuck Schumer's uh, legislation, if you don't comply with these, you're going to go to jail. That's how serious mm-hmm. it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Ken, I don't think these serious people involved in the government and writing laws would leap to these actions um, if they didn't consider the source credible and if they didn't have corroboration that we haven't seen yet, but we know that the corroboration exists. We've been told it by people who have seen it. Yeah, no, no, there's absolutely no question. There's just so much that is been has been told to them that uh, that we are not privy to. Yeah. So, unless of course Marco Rubio and and Chuck Schumer are conspiring together against the American people. Yeah, it's a it's a magnificent psyop. Uh, as yet, no one has explained to me what exactly they would be doing that for. So, but yeah. some have floated this idea, and and I find that um, kind of absurd on its face. Yeah, uh, I think maybe, they maybe are the trying immense- to. I'd say maybe the immense investigatory skills of Ken Klippenstein could be called uh, to bear on that story. As long as it doesn't give pause to the decision makers, I I have a feeling it's going to backfire. I have a feeling it's going to be seen for what it is, and which is a kind of lazy, ham-fisted effort to smear this guy and and dissuade others from coming forward. And hopefully they can push back to some extent and, and threaten or do whatever to drag out, uh, you know, people that would violate the whistleblower legislation, because this is precisely why it's in place to try to protect people from kind of reprisals like this. So I, Mm -hmm. it's hard in a, you know, anonymous leaky space to, to find out who's done this and, and just illustrates the dangers to reputation. And again, I, you know, on the fringe dangers, who knows to their, their physical well-being. Um, I find it really creepy. And, uh, and I think they, you know, Congress should make sure they kind of keep an eye on David Grush and, and anyone that comes forward with this stuff, because I, I, you know, lives, there's a trail of ruined lives on this, you know, in this subject matter. Um, but, uh, there you go. That's our rant. I think it was a good one. I I hope so. I, I feel like it was. I feel I feel better. My simmer is down. Um, and uh, how are you? You got any good plans for this weekend? What are you doing? Um, no, no plans. I never no have plans. plans. No, no. I'm a shut in. I'm. I'm. Yeah. Your daughter has a new single out, doesn't she? Alina she does. Foley. She has a beautiful song called Death March that you can get on. Uh, re- you should check that. Go. Yeah. On 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 uh, Apple Music. It's on Spotify. Uh, it's probably on other things that I don't know about. It's but, good. Yeah, Death March by She's Alina great. Foley. She's talented. I know. That Alina Foley, she is very talented. I'm very proud of her. Yeah. And she's not ashamed of her father for caring about UFOs. No. My uh, my Amelia's coming around. Luke and <laughs> yeah, Amelia oh, are good. coming around. Oh, We're getting, good. I'm getting them good and scared. I'm lathering them up. They're nice and anxious about it. So that's that's good. I've done my job. Yeah. Uh, all right, my friend. Well, listen, um, I look forward to our, our next conversation. And... Uh, this was uh, this was this was a good one as always. Great to see you. Nice to see you. Yep, and hopefully I'll hopefully I'll be back in LA soon so we can do this in person again. I know I want that, and also I'm I before we go again. Don't forget follow us on Instagram at really yeah. underscore podcast underscore official. 
TikTok at Really Podcast. If you want to, again, see these faces, uh, subscribe on YouTube, on the Stampede Podcast channel, uh, or anywhere you get your podcast fix, like and subscribe. And we're very, very grateful for those who have been listening so far. And it's super exciting. Can't wait to yeah. keep going. Yeah. like And leave a review if you wish. Yeah. Um, Tell us what you uh, think. Yeah. If it's going to be negative, make it right up front so I don't read the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, like don't 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 amble into being negative and because right, that's sensitive. the worst yeah yeah if you just start in a big paragraph hoping for just, the best and just start out with this is shit and then explain mm, why uh yeah yeah but we encourage nice things and yeah. um but uh we want to hear whatever you have to say so thank you for listening and um and i'll see you next week dave uh see you next week love you all Tom. right buddy <laughs> love you pal bye okay bye-bye